Sound Kitchen. Mmm, yummy. It's the Sound Kitchen. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Uh, you're listening to the Sound Kitchen. Mm, yummy. And Susan Owensby's cooking. Bienvenue and welcome to the Sound Kitchen, where you never know what you'll be served. I'm Susan Owensby. It's Saturday, the 5th of November, the 309th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are only 56 days left in 2022. Why are we listening to the relaxing sounds of water? Because COP27 opens tomorrow, Sunday the 6th, in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt. It's the 27th meeting of the Conference of the Parties. The 197 parties that signed on to the 1992 UN-sponsored treaty to, and I quote, stabilize greenhouse gas concentrations in the atmosphere to prevent dangerous interference from human activity on the climate system. Sponsored by the United Nations, the COPs are the biggest and most important annual climate-related conferences on the planet. This year, more than 90 heads of state and representatives of 190 countries are expected to attend. There will be much discussion about the centrality of water at this year's conference, and poet Adiola Opalua has been thinking about the importance of water in all its different forms. She wrote this for us. Water means height in Hawaii. The result is impressive. In all planets, water is life. Water means lava infusion. The sea means fire. Fire gives way to water. Undermines the underground heat. The greatest story ever told. Water is hungry. Water is angry. It flows fast and consumes like a white beast of nature. Not domesticated water, boiled water, refrigerated water, dammed water, bottled water. It could be even evil water, frozen water that bites hard on the skin in Canada, that buries automobiles. The type of water that is home for urchins, seahorses, octopuses, sharks, whales, orcas, dolphins, I tell you. Salty water in some parts of Africa, colored water from some taps polluted water against fish survival. Yet, what can I do without water? Where can I live without water? Adeyola Opaluwa is a Nigerian poetess. She has two anthologies, Les Vers d'Amour, and Chanson pour mon pays, both translated into English as Verses of Love and Songs for My Country. She's a wife, a mother, and a PhD student of translation studies at the University of Antwerp in Belgium, and a kind contributor to the Sound Kitchen. Thank you, Adiola, and more grease to your elbow. This your girl, Bella to be. Stay live, stay fly, stay loving. Asheo. Michael Fitzpatrick, also known as Sweet Fitz, is here next to me. Full of usual sweetness. 
<laughs> Michael's here to help with your delicious sound kitchen ingredients. Your answers to the bonus question on the listener's corner. And music from Air One too, but first the quiz. October, I asked you a question about RFI English journalist Jan Vandermada's article, Macron Hails Nobel Prize for Unswerving Defenders of Human Rights in Europe, about this year's Nobel Peace Prize winners. You were to send in the names of the laureates and why they were awarded the prize. Michael, what's the answer? Well, there were three winners, in fact. Aliz Bialyatsky, the Memorial Non-Government Organization in Russia, and the Center for Civil Liberties in Ukraine. Aliz Bialyatsky is a political activist in Belarus, and he's known, as Jan wrote in the article, for his work with the Vyazna Human Rights Center. Bialyatsky is currently in prison in Belarus. He shared the prize with two organizations, the Russian International Memorial, which tracks human rights violations across the Russian Federation, and which was officially closed down by the Russian High Court just four days after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And the Ukrainian Center for Civil Liberties, which is attempting to document the human toll resulting from the conflict with Russia, is the other winner. As the Nobel Committee wrote, the Peace Prize laureates represent civil society in their home countries. They have for many years promoted the right to criticize power and protect the fundamental rights of citizens. They have made an outstanding effort to document war crimes, human rights abuses and the abuse of power. Together, they demonstrate the significance of civil society for peace and democracy. Well, in addition to the quiz question, there was, of course, the bonus question, which uh, this week was, what do you remember about your first kiss? You'll hear the answers later in Listener's Corner, so stay with us. The winners of this week's quiz are... RFI Listeners Club member Kashif Khalil from Faisalabad, Pakistan, who is also the winner of this week's bonus question. This is what Khalil wrote. They say you only get one first kiss, but that's not really true, is it? If it was, then each sweet kiss with a new love, every tender morning peck before breakfast, and every frantic kiss after time apart wouldn't feel as exciting and full of emotion as that first one did. But it does. It must be why writers, poets, and lovers alike have left the world with such a beautiful selection of quotes about kisses. He's a poet. Congratulations, Khalil. Also on the list of lucky winners this week is Nafisa Khatun, the president of the RFI Mahila Shrota Senga Club in West Bengal, India, and Sherifan Islamnitu, who's a member of the RFI Amur Fan Club in Rajshahi, Bangladesh. There's RFI Listeners Club member Solomon Fesahazian from Asmara, Eritrea. Hello, Solomon. Nice to hear from you. And last but not least, RFI English listener Tutul Khan from Naugaon, Bangladesh. Congratulations to this week's winners, and thanks to each and every one of you who wrote in.
The question this week is about Brazil's new old president, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, known as Lula, who served as Brazil's president between 2003 and 2010. Brazilians last Sunday voted to return Lula to office, but by a razor-thin margin. Lula won with 50.9% of the vote. Far-right incumbent Jair Bolsonaro garnered 49.1%. That's close. This is the first time an incumbent president failed to win re-election in the 34 years of Brazil's modern democracy. President-elect Lula will be inaugurated on the 1st of January, 2023. Reread our article, Lula Takes Back the Top Job in Brazil, Defeating Bolsonaro, and answer me this. What is Lula credited with during his two terms as president? Again, reread our article, Lula Takes Back the Top Job in Brazil, Defeating Bolsonaro, and tell me what President-elect Lula is acknowledged to have achieved during his previous two terms as president. You'll find a link to the article on the Sound Kitchen page on our website, rfienglish.com, as well as on the Sound Kitchen and Club's Facebook pages to help you with the answer. Michael, what's this week's bonus question? Well, it was suggested by RFI Listeners Club member Mohammed Nasir from Katsina State in Nigeria. Mohammed and the rest of us here at the Sound Kitchen team want to know which country would you like to visit in the coming year and why? What country makes you dream? Where would you go in the coming 12 months if you could go anywhere in the world? And why is that particular destination appealing to you? Which country would you like to visit in the coming year and why? Thanks to Mohammed for the suggestion. And remember, you're all welcome to send in your own ideas for questions too. For me, Uganda or Rwanda, because I want to see the gorillas. What about you, Sweet Fitz? Well, I'd be happy to revisit India, where I spent uh, two wonderful years in my youth. Uh, so um, before I finally kick off and go somewhere else definitively, maybe back to India would be a good uh, place to go. Well, you certainly have a lot of listeners to uh, <laughs> to meet up with. <laughs> you sure do. You have until the 5th of December to get your answers in. Be sure to tune in on the 10th of December to see if your answer wins a prize. As always, be sure you include your postal address with your postal code. And don't forget to let me know if you are a miss, a miss, a missus, or a mister. I don't want to get it wrong. Send your quiz answers to english.service at rfi.fr. That's english.service at rfi.fr. You can also text your answer to the Sound Kitchen mobile phone. Dial plus 336-31129682. That's plus 336 8-2. Always include your postal mailing address and if you have one, your RFI club membership number. Taso Aurai, Susan's B, the Sound Kitchen program ke Radio France International Sara. Time for the listeners' corner. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among. 
Take it away, Michael. Well, today you'll hear the answers to that bonus question. What do you remember about your first kiss? We'll start with two very sweet ones. Radhakrishna Pillai wrote that he was just five years old. On his first day at school, he received a lovely kiss from his grandmother, which, as he said, still holds a special place in his heart. Riaz Ahmed Khan was uh, pretty little too. He said he thinks his first kiss was also on his first day of school and he kissed a flower. Mohammed Nasir wrote, I'm still waiting for that moment. And he says, do not laugh. We are not laughing. We are not. But this one did make us laugh. It's from Jayanta Chakrabarty. You read his notes. It sounds a bit like your memory. Well, Jayanta wrote, I can still recall my first kiss. It was a sweet and sour experience. Not knowing how to lock my lips with my childhood sweetheart's inviting smile it turned out to be a clumsy affair. I was at a loss for where to position my lips. It ended up in half biting and half smooching. Perhaps the girl was also inexperienced as her lipstick was smeared all over my cheeks. We both laughed at our folly as we were just friends experimenting with something new. I dared not repeat the feat as it wasn't meant to be a signal for romance, but just a polite form of greeting, a way of showing my affection. As someone rightly said, and I quote, Being kissed does not mean you are loved. Just ask Jesus about Judas. Several of you have had a hard time remembering. Uh, Malik Momen Raza Kokar said that he only remembered it was in a dark place, and Shahanaj Parvansati said she can't remember it at all. Father Stephen Wara wrote, I remember nearly nothing about it, as that would have been long ago, back in the early 70s. But if I were to remember, it definitely would be the supreme shyness that must have followed the act, let alone the guilt considering that dating was a big taboo in those days of close, small village life. A question of sisterly, brotherly relationships. But several of you have wonderful memories of your first kiss. In fact, Shawan Hossein thanked Michael for bringing back the memory. He wrote, I remember my first kiss to my girlfriend, which was so romantic because it was the first time. Though it was a fantastic experience, I felt very shy. So did she, but we were both very excited. I'll never forget it. Thanks, Michael. Mohammed Shamin's first kiss was awarded to him by his beloved when his team won the college-level cricket tournament in 1995. That kiss was a great honour, Mohammed wrote. We'll end with an ode to married love, uh, this from uh, Shahadat Hossein. He writes, I remember my first kiss. It was on the night of my wedding. My wife gave me her first kiss and my whole body was tingling. I also kissed her first time I had kissed any woman. I will never forget such a wonderful moment. Well, remember that this week's bonus question, which is suggested by Mohammed Nasir, is which country would you like to visit in the coming year and why? And of course, if you have an idea for your own bonus question, you can send it to us at The Sound Kitchen, all one word, no spaces, at rfi.fr. That's it for today's Listener's Corner. Thanks, everyone, for participating. And a special...
special thanks to Sweet Fits for hanging out in the kitchen with us. You're so welcome. I am Erwan Rome, and I'm happy to be with you every week. Okay, my friends, it's time to clear the table and wash the dishes. Thanks for joining us in the Sound Kitchen, and keep those cards, letters, emails, and text messages coming. Many, many thanks to Erwan Rome for his input and his mixing magic. Thanks to Michael Fitzpatrick for sitting in, and thanks to you for listening. Be sure and tune in next week for the answer to the question about the reduction in gasoline prices from Total Energies. The Sound Kitchen podcast is ready for you every Saturday on the RFI English website, rfienglish.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Susan Owensby. Be well, do good work, be kind, and stay in touch, and stay safe, my friends. I'll play you out with music from Erwan, our sound engineer, who's a musician first and foremost. He plays the conga drums. And today he chose an American jazz organist, Joey DeFrancesco, for us. DeFrancesco was born in 1971 and unfortunately is no longer with us. He died last August. But his 51 years were packed with music making. Born into a family that included three generations of musicians, he began playing the electric Hammond organ at the age of four, and by the age of five was already playing on stage with his father. Let's back up. An electric organ, you say? It was invented in 1935 by the Hammond Organ Company and was originally sold to churches as a lower-cost alternative to the big, wind-driven pipe organ. The hipsters caught on, though, and by the 1960s, the Hammond B3 was widespread among rhythm and blues, rock, reggae, and jazz musicians. De Francisco was known as the best B3 organist on the planet by jazz critics. He was a nine-time winner of the Downbeat Critic Polls for Organ and won the Downbeat Readers Poll every year since 2005. He was also a four-time Grammy Award nominee with more than 30 recordings as a leader. Not bad. So let's hear why. Erwan Scholl's Roll With It, which Dave Francesco wrote for his trio the year before he died. Hopefully, you'll become a Joey De Francesco and Hand B3 convert. Thanks again, Erwan, for another musical adventure. Talk to you all next week.
Thank you.